0: So tonight, uh, we are kicking off a brand new series uh, that we've titled IDK. IDK stands for, I don't know, thank you, um, because we're talking about what is God's will for your life, and I don't know about you, but when I was in college, I don't know that I wrestled with that question more um, in any season of my life than I did in college. Like, what does God want me to do? And usually, that answer was met with, I have no idea. Like, I would love to have an idea. Like, someone tell me, Lord, tell me, send an angel, send a dove. I don't send anything. A path of fire. Like, what? what am I supposed to do? You're in a season of your life, or like, right, there, there's not like an obvious next. You know, you you got you know, you're in grade school, and then you, middle school, then high school, and then for most of you, you're in college. Some of you started you immediately working, but it's like, what's kind of the next? It's like the launching pad into the rest of your life. And so you're in a season where you're wrestling, where you also feel like you're making a lot of big decisions, right? And you're kind of locking your life into something. I mean, it's so stressful. Like, what, what major am I supposed to choose? You know, like I was pre-med for one semester. Then to took chemistry. And I was like, I'm an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there's nobody that I'm going to help as a doctor. That is for sure, you know? Um, I mean, like, what's my major gonna be? Like, what, what's my job gonna be? I, I almost, like, have to decide what my job is gonna be now because it's gonna, in fact, what major? Like, who, sh- who should I Who should I date? Who am I gonna marry? Like, you're trying to figure that out. You're like, oh, I ha-. some of you are like, well, I'm gonna marry him. I'm just waiting for him to figure it out, you know, like, no, I mean, you know, where, where, where am I? Should I, should I? should I, am I gonna live here? Do I need to move, do an internship? Like, well, what, what, you know, should I rush? Should I have rush? Should I stay? Should I, I mean, there's just so many things that you are asking. Should I go study abroad? Like, oh my gosh, Spain looks amazing. You know, like, what, what should I do? You're asking all of these questions. And, and for some of us, for some of us, and even if you're not a person of faith, I guarantee you've had a moment where you're like, okay, if there is a God, I, I, I wonder what he would say. You know, we kind of want to get inside the mind of God. Well what well, if you're as big as you are and like you, you you know everything and you see everything, like what do you want me to do, God? Like what should I do? And 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 it feels like there's so much at stake, right? Because the thought is like, okay. I've gotta find and discover God's will for my life, okay? And if I find and discover God's will for my life, then I'm gonna know exactly where to go, what job to take, who I'm gonna marry, and it's gonna be awesome, and I'm gonna find perfect fulfillment, and I'm gonna make so much money, and it's gonna be awesome. I'm never gonna to have to wonder about my big account again, and it's gonna all work out perfectly. But if I don't find and discover God's will for my life, man, it's going to be a disaster, I'm gonna end up in a job that I hate, I'm not, I'm not gonna find anybody to marry, or maybe I'm gonna marry the wrong person, and it's just gonna be a mess, and then I'm gonna end up lonely, I'm gonna hate my life, and I'm gonna live with 11 cats. Like, that, I actually honestly can't think of much worse than that scenario. It's like, there just feels like there's so much at stake. So, it's a big question. It's an important question, and so we wanna do a series. We're gonna have a conversation over the next three weeks to bring some clarity to a conversation that um, I wish I understood better when I was in your season of life, and really, for anybody, a clarity to a conversation um, that we tend to overthink and not fully get, um, an, an, uh, not fully understand. So, because here's, here's what you wanna know. Here's what you wanna know. How do I discover God's will for my life. Like how do, I, how do I discover it? How do I find it? So we wanna bring clarity to this question. But before we kind of jump into that, okay, we kind of need to understand at a level kind of some of the different components when we talk about God's will, like that's a big, kind of a big thing, what exactly is God's will, and kind of narrow down to what we're actually talking about, and then unpack it for you um, as we kind of launch into this series. So the first thing you gotta understand is there's kind of God's providential will, and this is like his providential will, like for all of humanity, like all of history, right? Like we, you know, God is sovereign, and, and maybe you're not sure what you do or don't believe about God, I'll just tell you what, what I believe and what we believe about God that he is sovereign that nothing surprises God nothing catches God off guard like he has this plan for the world and the universe and how it all plays out in history and then somewhere in that we've been given free will. And so there's God's providential where it's like whatever God wants to do, God's going to do. Like if God wants something to happen, it's going to happen, not whatever. Like he's just, he's he's sovereign. And so there's this free will component of that though, because there's also God's moral will. And God's moral will is um, his moral will for his people. Hey, in other words, um, this is my desire for how I want my people to live. This is my desire for how I want people to act and treat one another. This is my desire for how I want people to conduct and carry on life on earth. And there's a level of free will in that. God has made his moral will for us available. And so it's like, okay, whether or not you're gonna lean into that or not. And then what we really wanna know, and the reason why this series is intriguing to so many of you is because there's also, okay, there's God's specific will if this is God's providential will for the world, this is God's moral will for his people, well then God also has a specific will for you, and he does. Like, he's got a specific will for you, your life, what it's going to look like, what you are gonna do, where you are gonna go. And we wanna know, what is that? Like this is the who, this is the how, this is the what, this is the where, this is the when, this is the how much, baby, you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, this is, this is what we wanna know. Yeah, okay, cool, this is all awesome. Yeah, okay, God's big. Yeah, okay, I know that. It, but what, what is it? Who is it? Come on, am I sitting next to him? Like, just tell me, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is it for me? And for some of us, for some of us, there's, I kind of wrote down three reasons why um, I think most of us want to try to discover God's will for our life and kind of understanding this helps us unpack some of the tension. Like for some of us, for some of us, the reason that we wanna know God's will for our lives is because we wanna please God. Like there's just this thought where it's okay, if I if I know what God wants, then I'll do what God wants. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't play a guessing game, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to try to read God's mind. Hey man, like I'm down just like, unless I don't like it, but I'm down so... Just like, tell me what you wanna do. I wanna get it right. So God, like, you know, for some of us, I, I, you're just trying to discern God's will. You're trying to figure out exactly what you should do with your life because you, you wanna please God and you wanna walk in, in whatever will that is. For others, and I think this is probably for most of us, the reason we wanna know God's will, and even if you're not a Jesus follower, you're like, I, if there is some cosmic universal plan, I wanna know it because we wanna avoid mistakes and minimize risk. Like, like we, we, you know, we wanna get it right. And it can be very, very terrifying to make decisions. Like, I get buyer's remorse when I order the wrong thing at a restaurant. Do you know what I mean? There's some bigger stake things that you're deciding. I remember the first time we bought a house. I remember, I literally, this is crazy, I stood on this stage and I announced it as a life update to TLR back in 2018 um, that we were, you know, that we just bought a house. And I was freaking out. I had panic attacks for like a week. We bought the wrong house. We bought the wrong house. Guess what? It doesn't come with a gift receipt. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't return that. I was stuck. It was done. It's an awesome house. I love our house. But, you know, like you use, it's terrifying to make big decisions. What if I choose the wrong major? But if I choose the wrong roommate, it derails everything. Am I wasting my time with this person? Should I do this internship, that internship? Like, what direction should I go? I mean, it's just there's so many, so many decisions, and it's paralyzing and it's terrifying. And we want to avoid mistakes and minimize the risk. You guys remember growing up? Do you ever read those choose your own adventure stories? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, um, you know, you're following Jimmy through the jungle, and it's like, oh, you get to page 15. Do you want Jimmy to turn left? Go to page 32. If you want Jimmy to turn right, go to page 40. Go to page 40. Jimmy died, you know? And it's like, I don't want, I don't want Jimmy to I didn't want Jimmy to die. My bad. Can I go to 32? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we don't wanna do that. I don't wanna choose my own adventure. I wanna get it right. I don't wanna to go to page 40. I don't wanna get swallowed up by the jaguar, right? And wait until... Week three, by the way, that's gonna be really, really fun. All this series, but we're gonna really jump into the Choose Your Own Adventure in week three. Um, But then, and I'd say maybe for all of us. um, One of the reasons we wanna know, one of the reasons it's, you get, you know, you, you worry and it becomes an angst is this, is we're looking for perfect fulfillment. Like, you only get one life to live. And just quite simply, like, you want to get it right. You just, I, I wanna get it right. I, I wanna enjoy my life. I wanna experience the things that I've got in my brain. I've got a plan. Like, I just, I, I wanna get it right. So if there's, if there's a right way, if there's the best thing, like, if there's someone that knows everything, could you just, could you just, could you just tell me? It's kinda like, you remember, um, you know, with your textbooks, in high school, like there was a teacher's edition that had all the answers, or like the back of the book had the odd answers only, and your teacher, if she hated you, was like, only the even questions for homework, you know? It's like, can, can I get the one with the answers? Like what, just, okay, cool, study guide, got it. Can I get the teacher's edition? Because I've got one chance to get this right. And if you're being honest, part of this anxiety is for some of you, and I get this, you've made decisions that you regret. And you're like, I don't wanna do that again. I don't wanna wrestle with that again. I don't wanna work through that again. I just, I wanna get it right this time. So, how do I discover God's will? It might be unsettling for some of you to hear this, but here's where we're going for a few minutes tonight, because I don't think that is a terribly helpful question. Because what is unsettling, maybe for some of us, is when you flip through the pages of the scriptures, there aren't any verses that give us any guidance or talk about us discovering God's very specific will for our lives and figuring out exactly what is next and how is next with 100% certainty and confidence. What I'm not saying is that, I'm not saying God doesn't guide you and that God doesn't want to lead you and there aren't ways that we're going to specifically get into that next week in week two, but When you treat God's will for your life like a target and you've got to hit a bullseye or else. Like when you think about God's will for your life as kind of this, like, you know, this, this, uh, you know, treasure map and you've got to follow it perfectly and figure it out. You've got to decode the, the mystery. And if you decode it and only if you decode it, then you'll be good right in the middle. Like if that's how you view God's will for your life, you're going to miss. You're going to miss God's heart for your life. And, 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 not only, not only will you miss God's heart for your life, but in an effort to try to figure it out. You're trying to find fulfillment, you're gonna miss it. You're trying to find freedom, you're gonna miss it. And you're trying to exercise big faith, but you're gonna miss what God is trying to do in your heart and through your Life, because, because, because. This was so true for me. And if I'm being honest, man, it's still true for me. Like, there's a piece of this conversation that never goes away. Like, I love my job, I get, I get, a, I get to lead this church, it's a dream job. I've got an incredible wife, we're about to celebrate 10 years. I've got three kids, Julia's pregnant with our fourth. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful, but there are still moments where I'm just like, I, what about, what's, what's five years from now, God? What's 10 years from now, God? And if we're being honest, if we're being honest, here's what ends up happening. Wondering about God's will is often just a disguise for worrying about the future. It's like, I I just wanna know God's will. No, really, you're just worrying. Yeah, I wanna God's will. No, 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 you're just freaking out. I wanna know God's will. No, no, you're just not trusting the God of whose will you are seeking. We all do it. It's a game that we play. So that is why, that is why, how do I discover God's will for my life? I think there's a better question. There's a better angle to start as we go down this path, and Jesus gives us an insight in Matthew chapter six, verse 25. Matthew chapter six is right in the middle of the sermon. On the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon. Um, it's recorded for us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this was a sermon, he didn't preach this one time. This was like Jesus' go-to message. This man took that sermon on tour, okay? I mean, he preached this sermon everywhere. It was like, get us to the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And so this wasn't like a one-time thing. He preached this thing all the time. And this was basically Jesus' manifesto on how to live life in his kingdom, Like it was like, hey, you wanna know the best way to be human, this is the best way to be human. You wanna know the way to follow me, this is the way. You wanna know the way to exercise big faith, live and lean into the sermon on the mount. And in Matthew chapter six, verse 25, Jesus preaching the sermon, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body, more than clothes. And in the next few verses, here's what you're gonna see, a couple of things. You're gonna see two commands from Jesus. And the first is this, do not worry about your life. And what Jesus gets into here in the immediate, and you gotta remember the context, the first century context, this was pretty widespread. He gets into physical needs, right? What you're gonna eat and what you're going to wear. But here is the overarching principle that Jesus is teaching. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about your future. Because isn't it so true, like for some of us, for most of us, and Ian. We're we're very privileged with the world that we live in, and for some of us, like we're not worrying about where our next meal is going to go, especially with the size of that pizza from tonight. Okay. But like for you, like man, the thing that it's not about what you're going to wear tomorrow or what you're going to eat tomorrow, but on the same level, anxiety is what's my major going to be? Who am I going to marry? What am I going to do? And so the overarching principle of Jesus that's teaching here, he talks about the physical needs, but he's talking about the overarching thing that all of us do as humans, whether you are a person of faith or not, is worry about the future. To allow, to allow our minds to be dominated by the fear of the future. To let your thoughts run rampant about worrying about your future. And Jesus is like, don't worry about the future. And he uses physical needs as an example to tease out why. And he goes on, he says, look at the birds. Look at the birds, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He meets their needs. Are you not much more valuable than they? Of course, of course you are. I mean, the, 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 the birds don't worry about their future. The, your heavenly Father, He come on, are you not more valuable than a bird? Of course you are. You don't think your heavenly father loves you more than he loves birds? It sounds kind of funny to say that over and over again, but his point, come on, of course he does. You think God is concerned about your life? Of course he is. And then, and then Jesus kind of pulls it back from kind of the specific needs, physical needs, and then he asks this really great question, a rhetorical question, but a convicting question. Can any of you, by worrying, Add a single hour to your life. No, oh, Jesus, why'd you have to ask me that question? You know? No, of course not. And you know this. In fact, like research tells us, anxiety and stress and worry actually makes your life shorter. Makes my life shorter. He says, so what are you worrying about? He says, so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And then he says, for the pagans, they run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. That's an interesting, what's a pagan, very general concept. A pagan, in this context, is somebody that doesn't have faith in God, what Jesus is speaking to. And here's his point. If you have nobody to trust in other than yourself, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe your future it would be a little bit scary. And here's this point, and here's the good news for all of you, even if you aren't sure that you believe in God, because that invitation is available to you. But if you have somebody to trust in that is bigger than you, if you have somebody to trust in that is beyond you, if you believe in a God that sees you and loves you, you don't have to walk through life trusting in just yourself. You don't have to walk through life the same way as somebody that doesn't have somebody bigger to believe in. And the emphasis, don't miss this. The emphasis of Jesus' teaching here is not what our heavenly Father knows about our future. It is that he knows about our future and he cares for you. Don't miss this. It's not the emphasis of, hey, God knows what your future, so don't worry about it and let me tell you how to find it. Jesus is trying to teach us how to live in peace and trust that our heavenly Father knows. So I don't have to worry about it. I can trust him with it. And that doesn't mean there's no responsibility for me. Again, we're gonna get into that in weeks two and even in weeks three, okay? This whole series, we're kind of taking one conversation and teasing it out. But the emphasis isn't on what you should know, but that your heavenly Father does. And then Jesus, he kind of teases that out for a few more verses. And then he closes out this passage. And if you've grown up in church, you've heard this, but maybe you've never heard or read this verse in the context of worrying about your future. So then Jesus kind of drops the hammer And he says, hey, so instead of worrying about your future, here's what I want you to do instead. Instead, seek first his kingdom. Instead of worrying to try to discover God's will for your life, instead of trying to figure out what the future's gonna hold and worrying about that, that's not gonna add any value to your life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, if you put first things first, all the things that you are worrying about, whether it's how you had it planned or not, I'm just telling you, it's gonna fall into place. It's not seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then your plan will go exactly according to plan. It's no, 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 no. If you get your priorities right, all those things that you are worrying about, not only will they get smaller, but as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, as you put first things first, all those things that you're worrying about, it's, gonna, it's going to work itself out. And again, there's a role that you play, and we'll get into that in week two. But worry about the things that you can worry about. Worry about the things that you can actually do something about. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Therefore, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about your future. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen? Right? Come on. Today's got enough for you to worry about. And today's actually happening. Today's got enough for you to work through and to discern through and to figure out. So Jesus is saying, change your priorities. Change the priorities of what we are after. And I'm just telling y'all, if you, and if, you, if you follow us through the rest of the series, this is so freeing. This is so freeing. Before we seek anything else, Jesus would say, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness that you're trying to figure out God's will, that he has never promised to to fully make available to you so you can take every step with certainty. But he has made crystal clear to his followers what it means to live in his kingdom and to pursue his righteousness. His kingdom, to to seek his kingdom, just means this, to care about the things that your heavenly Father cares about. To seek his kingdom, what does that mean? It means to care about the things that your heavenly Father cares about. To be about what your heavenly Father is about. How do you know what your heavenly Father is about? Study the life of Jesus. How do I know what my heavenly Father is about? Look at what Jesus did when he was here, who was literally God in a bod. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, that caught you off guard for a minute. Yeah, you like that. It's what he was. I can't even take care of that joke. I heard my pastor say it, he's my boss. but. So it literally was literally God in a bod. So Jesus came to demonstrate for us who our heavenly father is. He came to demonstrate for us what our heavenly father was about. So you want to be about what your heavenly father is about? Go study the life of Jesus. That's what it means to seek first his kingdom. And to seek his righteousness, it means this to follow in the way of Jesus. Righteousness, right living. Like getting it right as a human. And Jesus laid out for us what that looks like. And so what does it mean to seek first his righteousness, to follow in the way of Jesus? So to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, I'm just telling y'all, it's not rocket science. It's not always easy. But it means you're going to love others the way Jesus loved others, It means you're going to live as the salt of the earth that makes the world around you better and you're gonna live as the light of the world that shines in the darkness. It means you are going to work at denying yourself, the part of you that you know needs to be said no to, the part of you that gets you in trouble, the part of you that leads you to do things that you regret, the part of you that's like, why did I do that again? Because there's a part of you that just needs to be denied. It's saying no to that person. In fighting sin and walking in the way of Jesus. To seek his first, his kingdom and his righteousness is to honor your body and to honor other people and to value other people. That affects the way that you date. That affects the way that you treat other people. It affects the way that people see you and know you. It totally changes what it's like being on the other side of you. To seek first his righteousness and his kingdom, as Paul says in Colossians chapter three, to clothe yourself with kindness, gentleness, self-control, to clothe yourself with goodness, to clothe yourself, to forgive one another as God has forgiven you. To live in such a way that makes somebody think, that's not normal. Yeah, because I follow Jesus. To honor God with your money. To honor God with your decisions. To honor God with your time. To honor God with how you choose to steward all that he's given you. To literally live in a way that is remarkable. Because the world doesn't produce that kind of life. So Jesus, again, hey, don't worry about your future because you can worry about it to no end. And that doesn't mean that your future is not important. It doesn't mean you shouldn't think about your future. It doesn't mean you shouldn't make decisions now that will help set up your future. Again, stick with us for the rest of the series. But worrying about what you don't know, growing anxious about what you don't know, losing sleep over what you don't know, and trying to treat God's will as a target that if you don't hit it, then you miss it, is completely outside of God's will for your life. Don't miss this. Because if you choose to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness above all else. You know where you're going to find yourself? Smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. If that becomes the priority, I'm just telling you, do you know where you're going to find yourself? Right in the middle of God's will for your life. And the way that that's going to work itself out is going to blow your mind. Like there are moments I could walk you through different moments where I had to make decisions. I'll tell you one of them. I moved across the country to go to Dallas, Texas, to go to seminary, graduate school at the University of Georgia. And I was terrified. And I kept wondering, is this what God wants me to do? And and I kept trying to figure that out. I'd meet with people and trying to figure out, meet with mentors. And I'll I'll never forget, I met with with one of my mentors. His name is Stuart. We were at OK Cafe, down off West Paces Ferry. And he's asking me all these questions and I'm kind of freaking out because I want to make the right decision. Is, is going to Texas, is that God's will for my life? Is it that seminary? Is it this seminary? How do I know? Like, God, just light up a path of fire down 70, like, how do I know? And he was just like, hey, can I ask you a silly question? I was like, yeah. He was like, what does your gut tell you? I was like, that's not spiritual. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm serious. Like, what does your gut tell you? And I was like, I literally, I was like, my gut's telling me God wants to stretch me and I, I think that's Texas. He goes, so go to Texas. And I was like, how do I know? And he goes, he goes, if you're not making a decision rooted in some kind of sin or weird, like he was like, you've vetted this thing through. He was just like, so go with your gut and trust that God is gonna be with you wherever you go. I was like, that's annoyingly easy, you know? But he was so right. And did I go out to Dallas, Texas being like, I know for sure this is God's will for my life. No, but I I was doing everything I could to try to seek first his kingdom. I was trying to do everything that I could to be obedient to what I felt like he was calling me to do. And I had enough conversations to get to a point where I was like, you know what? I think this might be it. And I'll tell you what. I didn't know until after I was done, or until after I got there, that it was like this was 100% it. But I think that could have been true no matter where God wanted to take me. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Just wait for week three. But my point, if your goal is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, you will find yourself right in the middle of God's will for your life. So if Jesus was here, he's speaking to us through the gospel tonight, here's what I think he would say. Seek to live out God's revealed will rather than worry about God's concealed will. Stop worrying about the concealed will. Stop worrying about what you don't know yet. Stop worrying about what he hasn't revealed to you yet. And start putting energy and attention on living out what he has revealed to you. Because he's revealed the way of Jesus. He's revealed to you how he wants you to operate. He's revealed to you how he wants you to trust. He's revealed to us, as we're gonna look at next week, how to lean into his spirit that he's put on the inside of you and ask some questions that help you discern what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is helpful. So rather than worry about what isn't revealed yet and what is concealed, lean in and seek to live out what he has revealed. And if you do that first, you can be confident. Not because you know the future. Don't worry about that. You're gonna get there. But you will be confident that you're right in the middle of God's will for your life. Does God have a specific plan for your life? Absolutely. Is God in control? Yes. Are there unique and specific things he wants to do in and through your life? Absolutely. Will he reveal that in due time? Yes. Yes. A thousand times over. Do I believe you're gonna look back and see God's faithfulness take you all the way through even though you didn't know it was happening? 100%. But don't worry when you don't know that it's happening. What if instead? What if instead? And this is so freeing. What if instead? We stop worrying about our future and start to trust in the God who holds what if? We just shifted the mentality. We changed the prayers. We asked for more trust. We walked with more courage. Not because the future is scary or because um, there isn't one for us, but the flip side. I'm not gonna worry about what I can't control. I'm gonna follow in the ways that I can and trust the God that is bigger than I can realize him to be to show me that he's bigger than I ever thought he really was. So, you're gonna plan and be responsible, but that's different than worrying. So tonight, maybe there's a shift. Maybe there's a different prayer. Maybe there's a different mindset. Instead of worrying about what I don't know, I'm going to choose to trust in the God that holds that future who loves me, who sees me, who knows me, and I'm gonna lean into living out his revealed will than worrying about his concealed will. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his teaching. Thank you for his honesty. I pray, Lord, that as we dive into a a big topic, you would begin to show us just how big you are and how worthy of our trust that you are. And there's personal responsibility that we are to take along the way. But I pray tonight that you would free us from the burden of worrying about what we don't know and trusting you and believing, believing that you're gonna lead us, you're gonna guide us, believing that worrying won't add anything to life, but worry (laughs) and stress and anxiety. May you begin to teach us what it might look like to trust you a little bit more as we unpack together over the next couple of weeks what your will for our lives really is. May you give us a glimpse of how big you really are and let us lean into it and trust it more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.